Hey everybody, thank you so much for being here and tuning in this weekend. My name is JJ Matai and I'm one of the worship pastors here at Jubilee Fellowship Church. I get the honor and the privilege of welcoming you to our online service here right now. If you're new here and you've never been here before or you're new, a couple of services watching, we would love to connect with you. We're not coming after you, we're not coming to your house. We just want to know you and connect with you to get you more connected to what's going on at our church. If you go to jfc.org new, we have a quick card you could fill out and you even get a gift in the mail sent to you just for doing that. What could be better than that? If you're part of this community at all in any way, we would love for you to be a part of our commenting during the service. It's a way for you to stay connected with other people watching online since you're not in the building, but certainly a part of the whole of the community. Finally, in every way and everything that's happening in our church, we just wanna draw everybody together in whatever way connects you. We have three easy ways that you could give to be a part of the bigger kingdom vision that our church has to share Jesus with people. So however you come here, however you wanna be a part of it, we would love for you to connect with us and I will see you at the end of the service. Good morning. Glad that you are here this morning. Um, We'll jump into the message in just a second. I've got a couple of other things that I need to take a few minutes for. We just had a lot this weekend, to be honest with you, and Terry and I were trying to divide it up, and you take this and I'll take that. So I've got one more um, opportunity and then a couple of serious things that I need to talk to you about real quick. Uh, the other one is there is a motorcycle ride that's next week, and we've got several people who like to ride, men, women, couples, once a year, Terry puts together a ride. It's an hour and a half, and then it usually ends up someplace, you know, in the nearby vicinity, and we just hang out for a little while. Normally, we do it after the service on Sunday, the second service, but this time, they're going to do it after the first service, after this service. So if you're interested in that, would like to go, we'd love to invite you. Um, it's a good time. It's not a difficult ride. If you're just like, I don't know if I could do that. Maybe you don't feel like your skill level. It's not a technical ride. It's not a, it's not a race by any means uh, in any stretch of the imagination. It really is something that's fun. And we do it for the fellowship aspect of it. So if you'd like to go, that's next weekend. There's information out there in the foyer. You can also go online and look there or talk to Terry. Terry can give you information on it too, but we'd love to, love to see you there. Um, <clears throat> these two. I know that when we do announcements like that. It's easy, almost like a commercial. Your brain just kind of slips into that place and you're listening, but you're not really listening unless it speaks to something that, that happens to touch you. These next two things are very important and they're going on right now. And I debated whether to even share them, but we need your prayers right now. And that's why I'm going to take a moment to ask for your prayer. So here's what's happening. Third of my staff this past week got COVID and are, um, our home are quarantined. Uh, it's turned out. My phone was ringing so fast on Thursday and Friday that it was just, it was crazy. It spread into some of my grandkids right now. And it's the second go around in Amy's family, believe it or not. Um, and Amy and Ryan are vaccinated too. So it's one of those breakout um, situations that's going on. But it's hitting our staff relatively hard right now. And the timing of it, you know, there's never like a good time for something like that to happen. But there's worse times and it is a worse time and I'll explain that. So I'm just sharing this with you right now that A, that you would just pray for your staff right now. We need your prayers. We really need your prayers. It's taxing. It's a, a really just a, a bad time for it to happen, which leads to the second thing to share and to ask your prayers. Um, most of you know that a month from now we leave this building and the church that bought it from us will begin uh, their um, 
their new life here and our building won't be ready until, you know, close to the first of the year, right after the first of the year. So the interim period, um, we had sewn up Mile High Academy as our place that we would meet, which is basically at University in 470. If you ever seen those big ball fields that face the highway right there, the buildings in front of them are Mile High Academy, and we have it locked in for all day on Sunday. We can have it all day on Sunday. It's a really good situation for us financially. It was just a tremendous opportunity that they were offering us. We had everything ready to go. And then if you live in this area, you know, I think it was Thursday night, we got that really heavy rainstorm. And I know that most of the people that live like in this, you're like, what rainstorm? I think it parked over Highlands Ranch and it dumped an inch and a half of rain in little under two hours. It was, it flooded at our house, just really bad. But it flooded at Mile High Academy is what happened. So my phone rings on Friday in the midst of all these people calling me saying, I tested positive, you know, and it's like, you've got to stay home. You've got to quarantine. You can't, you know. So my phone rings and my caller ID says that it's Pastor Todd's story. And so I pick it up expecting Todd to say, John, I tested positive for COVID. <laughs> and instead he goes, John, Mile High Academy just called me and they've had water damage and want to know if we have an alternative to go to. So we're three weeks away from, yeah. Um, and I don't know how that's going to turn out right now. And I, I just, so like, I'm not saying this because I want to put you in a panic or I want you to worry. Uh, that's not your job. Uh, it's not my job either, to be honest with you. God has this. God is our source and God does have us. And if you want to know like the things that I preach, do I mean them? And do I live them? I'm living it, right? I trust the Lord. Doesn't mean that we're not, you know, on this and trying to figure out what to do and how we're going to do what we're going to do. But look, we need your prayers right now, right? Your church needs your prayers. We need to know what, what does the Lord want us to do? Do we just hold steady? And, you know, it's interrupting like their school year is on the line for this too. Pray for Mile High Academy. Uh, right now. So just a lot with that. Uh, it was one of those, it's been like a two week. Um, I've lived two years and two weeks to be honest with you right now. And I'll share a couple of other things too, when I get towards the end of it that we need to, uh, to talk about. But so let me, I'm going to tie that into where I'm going to go in the message today. And we're in just a smaller series on the book of Philippians. And Pastor Jake started it last week and did a fantastic job. By the way, Jake and Kim, they're not here today because they both tested positive right now. Uh, all of our families, too, that have it, their kids can't start school. So can, can you just imagine, you know, I've got three families right now whose children are supposed to start this next week who now have to be held out of the starting of, uh, of school. And so it's just, please, will you pray for us right now? I know normally it's, it's a lot of times you're asking and we're receiving, like, you know, pray for us, pray for this, which that's one of the reasons that we're here we need your prayers right now, guys. We really do. So please pray for your staff uh, this week. So um, we're in this, this series on Philippians. Jake started it last week, did a tremendous job on the opening message. I'm going to go back to chapter one today and uh, teach out of chapter one. And it's just, it's a, it's a relatively quick message because I want to tie all these things together that are happening right now and talk about God moving in our lives. So this is Philippians chapter one, verse six. Paul wrote this um, from prison right? So this isn't written from the city of Philippi. He actually had, had been gone from Philippi for a long time. Most people think that he's in Rome at this time, right? He's already in chains. And we know that because three times in this book, he refers to being in chains 
for Jesus. He doesn't even see him, uh, himself as in chains because of Rome. He sees that God is doing this in my life. And that, that's a cool way to look at it, that no matter what you go through, God is in charge. The enemy's not in charge. The state's not in charge. The government's not in charge. God is in charge of our lives. Do you believe that? And so it puts a perspective on it that when we're going through stuff, like you can give the devil a lot of credit. This is a spiritual attack. The devil's coming against me. Or it can just be that God can use all things. Do you believe that? He can use all things in our life. Good things, bad things, difficult things, easy things. God can use all things. That's how Paul saw his life, that God totally holds me in his hands. No one can snatch. The devil can't snatch me from God's hands. God is able to do whatever he wants to do, and he'll just use the enemy to accomplish his purpose and plans for me and for us. Amen. That's a powerful statement and a powerful way to live life and a powerful way to think about it. So in Philippians 1.6, Paul writes this to a church uh, that he had established. It was the first church in Europe, right? So the gospel goes to Europe through this church right here uh, in Philippi. And so Paul is writing back to them to talk to them about how to live life, how to handle problems, how to take care of things. And in Philippians 1.6, this verse, this is one of my favorite verses. It always sticks out. I quote it to myself. I live by this. Paul says these really powerful words, being confident of this thing. It's a good thing to have confidence today, yes or no? It's like if there was ever a time where it's a crisis of confidence in the institutions that we have grown up with and trusted and put our faith in, we are having a confident crisis today in our lives. What can you trust in? What is unchanging? What can you put your faith in? What do you know is going to be here next year, 10 years, and into eternity that's not going to change? It's always going to be the same. That's who our God is, right? So Paul is just, he's just admitting this, man, I'm being confident of this thing that he, God, who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day that Jesus appears. So just real quickly, he's just confident that God's going to keep working in all of us until Jesus comes back again. So no matter what happens, he's confident that God is working until Jesus comes back. And I love that. So I'm just going to get three things from this, teach you real quickly. The first one, I just mentioned it. We are living in a day where it is a crisis of confidence. All of the things that you and I grew up with, trusting, putting our faith in, believing that, hey, it's going to be here forever. Suddenly, things that we thought, it'll always be this way, it can't change, you can put your hope and your trust in these things, suddenly they've begun to shake in the last few years, the last year and a half to two years in particular, and things that we thought would always be the way they are, suddenly find themselves shaking and shaking and shaking. Let me give you a good one. We thought we finally got through this dreaded, horrible, nasty, ugly disease, and guess what? Here we are again. And I, I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago and, and just asked him, I, I, when do you think this Delta is going to go? He said, Lambda is already out there. And I said, well, lam what? Lambda. He said, when we get to Omega, then we'll be done with the, if you don't understand Greek, you won't. Yeah, but <laughs> you got it. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. You and me got the joke. Everybody else like, what the heck are you talking about? But a crisis of confidence today. Uh, if you just think about, so I just want to make a statement. Is By the way, <clears throat> say this uh, and ask for your cooperation on this. So what I'm about to say is my opinion, but I think that I'm right about this. And I want to say this, and I really don't want you to get on me about this because I'm not in the mood for it. <laughs> okay? 
fair enough. Normally I can take it, but right now I don't want to. So I just, I think one of the things that we are finding ourselves like uh, having a, 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 uh, a confidence and, and crisis in that confidence, even our medical establishment right now. One of the worst things that's happened to our country is that this dreaded virus has become a political issue rather than a medical issue. Had this thing uh, been rolled out seven or eight months ago and you were a Trump supporter, somehow you would have been a good conservative to take the shot. And, and just like the vice president, uh, uh, potential vice president said at the time, if Trump told me to do it, I would never trust it. So you would then be a, a good Democrat if you didn't take the shot. And now we have a change of administration. So uh, it, it, you're, you're a good liberal if you take the shot and you're a bad conservative if you take the shot. And the worst thing that has happened is that we've politicized a medical issue in our country that brings more and more and more division to us. Now, listen to what I'm saying, because I know I have people in this room who are totally against this vaccine. I get it. If the FDA hasn't approved it, if you object to it conscientiously, if you're just like, look, we never do those things. I'm not judging you. I, you do what you need to do. But we shouldn't make it a political issue where it causes people to think, if I do this, I'm aligning myself with a political ideology. Stop. Stop. God says he commands his blessing in, does anybody know the word? Unity. It is a curse. What is going on in America today is a curse. It is a curse to be divided. It is a curse to hate people. It is a curse to decide because they're on this side or that side of the aisle. We can't trust them. We can't talk to them. We can't get along with them and we can't pray for them. Stop it. Stop it. It's a curse, guys. It's a curse. It's not right. And I know you're like, Pastor, you, you know, that easy for you to say, you just lump the whole thing together. You don't get the nuance. I do get the nuance of it. I understand. Make, if it's a conscientious issue, it's between you and God. Amen. I get it. I'm not against you. I'm for you being able to have that. But understand also, it has become political in our day. And no medical issue should be a political issue. They should be separated from each other. So my question to you is, when does it end? When is it going to stop? When, do you see that we live in a time where no matter how much money they throw at something, there seems to be no answer that can be found? So I would say to you, perhaps it's not a political issue that we're dealing with today. Perhaps there's a spiritual issue underneath it that God will not allow a physical answer to solve a spiritual issue. How about government? Things that you and I grew up with. How would I say this? So like, uh, I'm 57, and I would say the majority of our church is within 10 years, the majority, not all, but the majority is within 10 years, both sides of that, the majority. And certainly when you look around, you see kids and you see young families, you see older people. I'm just saying like a majority, 51, 52, 53% is within 10 years, either side of that. So you grew up with a similar understanding of government that I had. And there was a time when you would look at our country and you would say, to man, it's not perfect. It's made a lot of mistakes. It does have a checkered past. But tell me what country that has people in its government doesn't make mistakes. Tell me one. And so I grew up and still believe it's the greatest country ever. It's the greatest country ever. Not perfect. Has sinned. 
makes mistakes, and needs to fix things that are wrong. But that doesn't mean you take the whole thing and go, it's just all right, let's get rid of it. It is still an anomaly in the world, in the entire history of the world. It has represented freedom and more freedom. When you have to build a wall, supposedly, to keep people out rather than to keep people in. Did you get that Greek? Yeah. I'm trying. And suddenly we find ourselves where we don't trust anything in government. Yes or no? Don't know who to believe. No, we're being misled at times. We don't know who's misleading either. Because you can't find a place where it's just single all the way through. Like for sure you can trust everything. You can't. You can't trust it right or left. You're not sure. Yeah, you're nay. Yeah, you're nay. It's just like this this, uh, a crisis of confidence right now in things that seem to be uh, just so sure and so right. Uh, I think we find it around the world right now. If you're looking at, you you know, you can take a um, sort of a like, hey, well, I'm just looking out my window and I'm looking at my city or my state or my country. But you recognize around the world right now, it is shaking. It is shaking everywhere. It is shaking in the third world and it is shaking in the first world. It is shaking in wealthy countries and it is shaking in poor countries right now. No one is sure what tomorrow is going to bring. Suddenly we find ourselves with things that we thought there's going to be great surety and things you can trust on and things that you can bank on and things that you can plan on. And suddenly those things are shaking. Do you see it or not? We're living in those days right now. So what is that? What's going on? And then here Paul writes these words. I am confident of this. Dude, it is good to know what you can be confident in when everything else is shaking. So I would just say this to you. Let me read two scriptures. Hebrews 12, 27. This means that all of creation will be shaken and what's that word? Meaning what can be shaken. The result of the shaking ultimately is that thing will be removed. So if I had to make a statement to you, like, and this was not like last night when I said it, this was not cheered, not clapped for. It was almost like, ah, don't say that. My guess would be that according to Jesus in Matthew 24, he said there will be birth pains leading up to his return. And that we may be into the season right now of birth pains where, like if you've gone through that, any ladies gone? I was about to say any men gone through that. Any husbands gone through that with your spouse? You know what that. So it's, it begins, um, you know, it begins and it can be intense suddenly, but they're, they're spaced pretty far apart. And then as you get closer to the pregnancy, the intensity increases, the frequency increases, and then suddenly it just takes over, right? And the result is that a baby is born out of that intensity, right? So Jesus equated what would be happening in the world to birth pains, that it would, it would start, uh, it'd be intense, but then it would back off for a while and then be intense and back off. And as we got closer, the intensity and the frequency would get closer and closer. I think we're entering into a time where I know we're all looking like, where's the peace? Where's the peace? When's the peace coming? When's this going to stop? What, what if it's sort of that thing where it heats up, cools off a little bit, heats up, and the next time it's a little bit. What I see happening right now, it's like getting faster, it's getting closer, and it's getting more intense. Can you see it? 
Now, you look, if you're like, Pastor, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get it. Okay. It's not something we need to fight about or argue about or split over. That's not, that's not what it is. But what I see and what I think that if you just look at it for what it is, it's going on everywhere. It's intense. It's frequent. And it's like everything that you thought would be sure and still, okay, we're finally going to get through this thing. And all of a sudden, we didn't get through it. And it could be that we're in a season where it becomes a little bit more and more like that. How about this? If I'm right, and it's going to be a little bit more like this and a little more intense and a little more frequent, wouldn't it be good to know where to put your trust right now? Wouldn't it be good to know where to find peace? Wouldn't it be good to know that when you lay your head down at nighttime, it's not those things that you have to hope in, but you can hope in something that is unchanging, that is for real, that will never go away. So let me just finish the scripture in Hebrew. So... <clears throat> This means that all of creation will be shaken and moved so that only unshakable things will remain. I think God is going to make it clear, plain, and easy to see what is unshakable. Jesus taught this same principle using this story. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on what? An unshakable thing. The rain came down. The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. And then he just flips the coin. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the exact same storm hits this person too. The rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I think the takeaway of this story is that storms happen to everybody. Apparently, this is an intense storm. And the difference between these two people is where you put your faith, your trust, and how you built your life, yes or no. And the people that built it on things that shake, that are temporal, that don't really have that sustenance, that, that depth, that, that rock-solid thing, when that storm hit... They were unprepared. On the outside, everything looked equal. The houses, maybe they were even right next to each other. Maybe they used the same design. I don't know. But I bet on the outside, everything looked equal. It was only in the testing in the storm that determined what a life was built on. What are you building your life on right now? Who are you building your life on right now? What are you trusting in right now? What do you believe right now? Where's your faith at right now? If I'm right and it's going to shake a little bit and we're living in that time and in that season and it's intense, you're going to find out where you built your life. You're going to find out. That shouldn't be a scary. Look, if you fear that, I'm wondering what you built your house on. Now, it's not to say that you have to be a person who loves storms. That's a psychotic person. But if Jesus is teaching that we all go through them, then the important thing is how you build your life, what you build your life on, and where you're putting your faith at. So we do live in a day that is a crisis of confidence right now. I believe it will be more so as we move into the future. I am not predicting, by the way, that it's just going to be a bad life. That is not what I'm, if you're a believer, it could be one of the greatest times ever to be alive. 
It could be one of the greatest times. The book of Daniel, speaking of these days, says that the people that know God will carry out great exploits to live a life that is utterly fantastic. Who's in? In? Now, some are just like, well, if I build it on the sand, can I put my head in the sand and everything will be... It's another message for another... Let me give you the second one out of this verse that I just love. So being confident of this, he who began a good work in you. So let me just talk about the good work in you real quick. I want to make an observation. I I can't find this in the Bible. So it's my observation, my opinion. You can disagree with me, but I think that um, I think you'll see the wisdom in what I'm about to say and the truth in what I'm about to say. So I need to do a demonstration real quickly. If you want to participate, you can. You don't have to. How many of you have walked with Jesus for at least 10 years? Would you raise your hand real quick? Okay. How many of you have walked with the Lord for 20 years? Wow. Hey, look around. Real, keep your hands up. Look around real quick. Half of our congregation. That's awesome, man. That bodes well for, for a lot of reasons. 30 years? Wow. Okay. 40? Oh my goodness. Well done. 50? You put your hand up even. I love that. Okay. 60? Yes. Yes. Two. Any, put them up. Yeah. Listen, this is a great thing. Don't be embarrassed. If you sit. One, two, three. 70? Okay. Do you have your hand up back there? Ah, very good. Sorry about that. Was the lights were blinding me. 70 years. I won't go past that. We'll just we'll keep it at that. Can we can we salute someone who's walked with the Lord? Well done. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for loving Jesus for that length of time. Thank you for serving our Lord for that length of time. You know what it shows is that it's real and it's true. No one does that for that length of time unless it's the real thing. So here's my statement. Here's what I want to point out to you. This good work in you. It seems good to me in the Holy Spirit that when you're a new believer, define new as the first few years, maybe 10 years, maybe sometimes longer than that. But let's just say in that new category, it seems to me that the work, the good work that God does in our life, see if you think this is true. The early work is usually outward and fast. So like, you know, you come to the Lord and there's just things that are hanging on to you, right? Maybe an attitude or a habit or language or whatever, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, when I say that, I'm not saying that like you, like all of these things are bad, but when they control your life, they shouldn't. And so the Lord is just like early on, it just seems like he's swatting flies off you. Whap, 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 whap. And things change so rapidly in the beginning for a new believer. Yes or no? You know what I'm talking about? It's outward. But then the longer you walk with the Lord, tell me this doesn't seem true, that the work seems to be deeper, not as visible as it was in the beginning. And sometimes it takes a lot longer to do the deeper work inside of a person's life. That good work. So I, I don't know where you are on this road right now. Like you might be in that beginning part where God is moving so rapidly in your life. And every time you turn around, it's like, God is just right there and he's doing something awesome for you. And people, when, when that's happening, people are usually saying to you, look at how God's moving. It's just exciting. But then there seems to be this transition that happens the longer you serve the Lord, where suddenly it's like he's dealt with a lot of those external things. There's just not a lot of things there externally. And so he begins to do that really deep work inside of you. So by the way, what is that work? So the Bible says, whom he foreknew, 
he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God's number one will for your life, above what you do, how you make money, where you live, who you marry, all of those, his number one will is that you're gonna look like Jesus when everything is said and done. God wants you to look like Jesus. So what does Jesus look like? He is love and he is joy and he is peace and he is patience and he is kind and he is good. He is gentle, he is self-control. God is working those things deep inside of you right now. And so I, I had this really cool conversation in the midst of a, you know, like a crazy season the last couple of weeks. I had this really cool conversation with a man this week who uh, came into my office and um, he, he's a little older than I am, but I, here's what he said to me. He said, I, I know this is going to sound almost ludicrous, but he said, I, I, you know, he just came to the Lord a couple of years here in our church and he just said, I feel like God's calling me to ministry and I don't... I, in the middle of my life, I want to switch directions. Am I, am I crazy? Oh, no. No, no, no. You're at the right place at the right time, my friend. It doesn't surprise me at all. Because one of the anointings God's given me is to take people who don't go the traditional way when they're 18 and then head into Bible college and maybe then go to a seminary and then maybe end up at a church working their way up. I love to take people right in the middle of their life. Dude, the days are short. And the birth pains are getting close. And the fields are wide unto harvest. Pray for the Lord, therefore, to send workers into the field. Come see me, workers. Come see me. So the next move in our church, moving into that building, the whole reason is the teaching and training center. We didn't need more chairs. We didn't need more parking. We need a teaching and training center to concentrate what I believe the next 10 to 15 years is gonna look like in the church. Does anybody hear what I'm saying right now? Maybe, you, maybe you're just like, it's, maybe that's not what you're supposed to do, but for somebody, I know I'm hitting you right now. I just don't know where you are. I know I'm talking to somebody's. Somebody's. That's not a Greek word, somebody's, that's it. So I had this really cool conversation with this guy and he was talking to me about the work that the Lord was doing in his life. And then this idea of in the beginning, it's usually outward and quick. And then as you walk with the Lord longer, it's usually deep and slower. And so I asked him if he would share his testimony just a couple of minutes with you real quickly. That's not normally something that I do, but I felt like the Lord told me right when we were sitting there to do that. So this is David Baran. Dave, come on up here and join me real quick. Would you welcome my friend, David? Good morning, Jubilee. My name is David Baran, and I'd like to share my story with you this morning. About three years ago, in mid-December, I went through a life-changing and heart-wrenching experience in my life. After 22 years and three children, my now ex-wife walked out. I was completely surprised by this. I was I'm, I just blindsided. I was blinded by my addiction, and I was blinded by Satan. You know, we, we, when we started having kids, we <clears throat> excuse me, decided to raise our children in the church. I wasn't committed to the church, and I certainly didn't have a relationship with Jesus. It was something I did every week. I checked the box, and I went to church. So I could say I went to church every week. For those next three, two to three weeks, the Lord was speaking to me. He was speaking to me through other people, 
through music, through nature, and it was unmistakable. He was talking directly to me, he was with me, and he was convicting me. As that time went away, I got up on January 2nd that morning and I dedicated my life to Christ. I said, I'm yours, do with me what you want. When I was four years old, I was gifted a Bible by my grandparents and I never read it, but I knew where it was that morning and I went and got it and started reading it. So from that point on, twice a day I was on my knees. I was reading the word and I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I knew in my new life that the old habits in my life had to go. My lifelong habits, my sins had to go. And so also I knew in my new life that I needed a new church. And 12 years earlier, 12 years earlier, I had a conversation, a passing conversation with a friend who was faith-filled. I knew he was faith-filled. And I asked him, where do you go to church? And he said, Jubilee Fellowship. <laughs> that next Sunday, I was here. COVID, pre-COVID, the church actually printed notes that you could pick up as you came in. <laughs> and you could make notes with the teaching that was going on. And so on the back of that card was an invitation to Breaking Chains, an addiction support group. And I signed up right there on the spot and reserved my spot in that group. So through prayer, through the reading of the scriptures, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and through the teachings of this church, and through the support of Breaking Chains, the addictions in my life began to fall away. The chains of the bondage of my addiction began to fall away. In mid-February, my addiction to pornography disappeared, was gone. Come on. It's despicable and it's a tool of Satan. In mid-March, my craving for marijuana was gone. <laughs> gone. And then in mid-October, that same year, or in October sometime, through the reading of the word, the reading of the word convicted me and I gave up alcohol. Jesus Christ freed me, and he saved me. He did a miracle in my life. Some of you here may be struggling with some addiction. I don't know. You may be. But Breaking Chains is a confidential support group that's offered by this church. And you can discreetly inquire with, a, with the main office of the church, and they will hold it in confidence. And you can be, join one of these groups to help you with it, any addiction you may have. No ear has heard, no eye has seen, no mind can understand what God has prepared for those who love him. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, man, we celebrate with him, but it's Jesus. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. That's our hope and that's our confidence. 
That's the difference between building your life on what lasts and what doesn't last. And just think, here's this man. You couldn't look and tell, could you? Looks the same on the outside. That's what's happening on the inside. I appreciate his humility. His humility to stand up here and do that. So, you know, you sit there and you might think, how could somebody do that? You get delivered like that. And you'll do it in a second, man. You'll do it in a second. You'll thank Jesus in front of everybody for what he's done for you. You know, one of the best things that ever happened, I never forgot where I came from when Jesus found me too. I never forgot. It makes me wide open to people who are in that place trying to find their way out of it, looking for God. And if you need help, we will help you. Jesus is here to help you. Let me give you the last one real quick. Um, It's just trust his process, right? So Paul says, I'm confident of this one thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, until his appearing, until his return. So there's this place in life where we just simply have to trust his process. I wrote this in my notes. Listen to this. Jesus is playing the long game with you. He is about deliverance. He is about setting you free. He is about your joy, and he is about your peace, and he is about blessing you. But he is playing the long game so that he will deal with the difficult things in life too in order to conform you into the image of his son, Jesus. What do you think it means to be a Christ follower? It's not a creed that we adhere to. It's not a church that we admire. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus. Man, our hope is that he will complete his work in us and it will continue right up until the day of his return and that ultimately we're all going to look like Jesus when it's done. I'll give you this last thing. When we started having children, <laughs> I secretly, once they got past that little baby look, I would pick them up and look, can I see myself in these kids? Anybody ever? Oh, nobody else has done either. Liar, 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 pants on fire. You know you want to see yourself. There's some delight that you get when you see something of yourself in that child. And I, I would just like seeing my reflection. Daniel and I went to lunch earlier this week and we're sitting at a table and a guy walked by and said, you guys are father and son, aren't you? Yes, we are. I'm the son, he's the father. So. It's just fun. Okay, listen. It brings the Lord great delight when he looks into your life and he sees reflected back to him Jesus. That's what it's all about. So these things like that we're going through, things that I just talked about like, you know, three weeks and where are we going to go? That's pretty big, Pastor. Aren't you concerned? (laughs) You have no idea. But I have two choices. I can go after building my life on sand Or I can keep building it on Jesus. Because my source is Jesus. And this physical thing goes through ups and downs. And right now my staff is kind of going through it. And, you know. But I'm going to trust Jesus. And I'm going to let the Lord use this. He can use everything for my good. He can use everything to work in my life. And it's a choice that I'm making right now. 
Romans 8, 29. Those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. It's God's will. Okay. I got to read you one more thing. <laughs> um, and I realize, like, this is one of those messages or weekends where there's just a lot of stuff. And if you're a visitor in particular, you're like, golly, do you guys go through this stuff every weekend? No. <laughs> Thank the Lord we do not. But... It's just one of those particular seasons. And so in the middle of all that was happening, um, this conversation happened also. Dear Pastors John and Chris, it's with a heavy heart that Camille and I tender our resignations uh, from Jubilee Fellowship Church. Like so many, please listen, please listen. Like so many, COVID has presented significant challenges to us but has particularly impacted Camille as an immunocompromised person. These difficulties have suppressed the physical and begun to severely degrade her mental health. And in the midst of so many exciting changes for Jubilee, we feel that it is best for us to step down from ministry for a season to focus on our emotional healing and well-being. We believe the Lord deeply values our emotional health and has blessed us to enter into meaningful soul care during this time. Jubilee has been our home for many years, and we will continue to invest in and support this church for the rest of our lives. There is no bitterness or mystery attached to this departure, only profound sadness and extraordinary love for you all. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for truly seeing us, for valuing us, for raising us up as pastors, and caring for us like your own children. We believe what God has for Jubilee in these next years is far beyond what we've ever dared to imagine, and we contend for and champion all that is to come. come Until the earth is filled with his glory, Donnie and Camille Camp. So yeah, so um, with that, it's not what we want, but what we want is not the issue. It's what they need right now. And I've tried everything in the natural that I can try to, like, is there a way around this? Is there a way to, can you take a leave of absence? Can you take a sabbatical? Um, Camille is dealing with, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the, I didn't ask permission to share. She's dealing with a disease that makes COVID a life and death situation. So that we make it through that last time and she... She was struggling big time. And I know you watched her today and you think, you got to be kidding me. There's a, you have to separate an anointing on a person's life from what a person can go through. Those, just because you see an anointing doesn't mean that everything's perfect in a person's life, right? Okay. So um, this next go around right now has just... Um, it's a desperate place for them right now. So the church is going to help them on that side of the issue. Like we will provide ways for them to receive that care that they need. But they feel it is in their best interest right now to step down and step away. So they're not going someplace else to another ministry, but they just feel like we can't do this. And it's unfair to say 
We'll come back in three months when they don't know when or if. Now, it's my opinion. I told them this. The gifts and the call are without repentance. And so, some point, sometime, you have to do ministry. You just have to. It's, God uses you in such a profound way in people's lives. And for sure, it's a bitter thing, right? I mean, you know, um, God's done a tremendous thing in worship in the last few years, and we, we cherish that. Um, it's not an easy thing to, to accept. Um, but look at me, please. This is really important. Um, you know, when you see them, next weekend will be their last weekend. When you see them, I know you're going to want to say things to them. Sometimes people who mean well can say some very ridiculous things. There's no other word for it. And so before you go and say something, if you feel like, I wonder if I should say that, that's the Holy Spirit telling you not to say that. (laughs) That's what that is. Don't do it. They don't need anything put on them right now. They don't need any guilt. They don't need any weight. They don't, that's not what they need. It isn't what you would want in the same situation. So that we need to pray for them and we need to support them and we need to care for them. Um, The greater issue for all of us is, look at me real quick. God is our source. The church's source is not me. The church's source is not Donnie and Camille. It's not Pastor Terry. Not Pastor Jake. It's not buildings and locations. Our source is Jesus and Jesus alone. And for 23 years, ups and downs, goods, bads, forwards, backwards, it's about Jesus. And so we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And look at me. This message was written right in the midst of all these things going on, but I didn't write it, write it as an answer to these things. It just happens to be, it's true. He who began that good work will bring it to completion. He is working on us so that when we get the building, if we keep our hearts in the right place, we will enjoy the building more than we would enjoy it. We will be more appreciative of the building in six months. We will be a better church in six months. We will grow more in six months and we will look more like Jesus in six months through this. So pray for us right now to know what to do. Yeah, you can, you can thank the Lord for it. Um, I know, again, I know it's a little bit like, like the message is like super encouraging, I hope for you. And then I know that the information around it that we talked about might be somewhat discouraging for you. It's just life. It's the way that, you know, we all have those things that we deal with. How we deal with them is how we're building our house. We're going to build it on the rock. So like, are we okay? We're okay. We're bummed, all right? It's just no, we're sad. I wish I could change it. I can't. I've got to accept it. So I turn my eyes fully to the Lord and it's like, okay, you're not surprised by this, so please lead us into what's next. What do we do next? Would you just be praying for our church right now? Take an active part in it. I hope you don't sit out there and just like, oh, those poor guys. You are the poor guys. You're, (laughs) right? Own it. Be a part of it with us. Walk through this with us and Hurt with us, rejoice with us, love with us, care with us. It's all, all intertwined right there. Okay, I don't have like this nice bow I can tie and then present this back to you. But fortunately, Pastor Terry has to close the service. So let's work, Pastor Terry. <laughs> hey, it's me again. Thank you so much for watching our service and being a part of this. I personally hope and all of us from Jubilee Fellowship Church 
Hope that God connected in your life and met you right where you are this weekend in this service. Like I said at the beginning, just because you're watching online does not mean that you're not part of the whole of the community of what our church is doing. And we are so grateful that you're a part of this. So before you go, subscribe to our YouTube channel and we hope to see you next weekend. Have an awesome week.